0: Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding, draft picks Edition. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Reed, and with me is...
1: Jacob Kuhn.
0: Welcome, welcome. We apologize for not being able to record a couple weeks ago. Our schedules just did not quite work out. Uh, We already have quite a bit of a challenge with the, what is it, nine hours in our difference of uh, times?
1: Yeah, it's nine hours, so it's already kind of a a pain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we're doing our best, and so we're back here today. Before we get started, I'd like to thank Don Lloyd, who is one of the Us Geeks Patreon supporters. We really appreciate your support of Us Geeks and the Game of Crowdfunding Draft Picks Edition. And if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, you can go to all and the information is there. All right. So um, most of our projects have ended because it has been several weeks now since we last recorded. And so we're going to go quickly through how they ended and then do a summary of the scores between Jacob and I and see where we are. And then we'll get started with the new picks. All right. So. Back on March 21st, when we recorded, um, we had one outstanding pick, and it was actually my franchise pick. And it finally ended, and that was Best Treehouse Ever. Uh, They were looking for $15,000, and they actually raised $52,132. So that was 348% of funded, and they had over 2,288 backers. That's quite a lot of backers. And so for that one, I'll get all the points, but we'll go over that in a moment. So then on April fourth we recorded. I picked not dice as my first pick. They were looking for twenty five thousand. They raised ninety seven thousand one hundred and ninety seven dollars. So a good percentage of overfunding, three hundred and eighty nine percent, and they had two thousand two hundred and twenty four backers, again, quite a lot of backers.
1: Yeah, that's a lot for those two projects. Yes. <laughs> The one game that we still are waiting for to finish <laughs> is the Titan series. That is my pick and it is, it's going up against Not Dice. It's still got several, uh, it's got the rest of this month before it <laughs> <and> finishes. <laughs> currently though, it is at 94% funded with almost a thousand backers and it has 127,000 of 135,000 that they're looking for. So I won't get all the points, but I should get some of the points back.
0: Yeah, you definitely, at least on money raised, because that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. All right, and then the next pick, we both picked Norse Saga. So that's a wash. No one will get points for this. But what's really important is they funded... They were looking for fifteen thousand. They got thirty three thousand eight hundred and thirty six, so good, two hundred and twenty-six percent funded with one thousand two hundred and seventy-seven backers.
1: And then next up is the siblings trouble that finished with one hundred and forty-six percent funded with six hundred and fifty-seven backers, and they raised a total of just over twenty six thousand dollars out of eighteen thousand that they were looking for. So they did a nice job.
0: Yep, definitely. And against that, I paired Skull Doug and they also did really well they did 224% funded so they were looking for 20,000 but they got 44,784 and they got just over 1,050 backers um, so that was a good pairing up there
1: Yeah that actually really that one surprised me
0: I am surprised I'm happy for them but uh, it must it just shot up right at the end of it just a bunch of people like oh this is cool let's let's back it and I really hope it's a good game
1: Yeah no I'm happy for them too just uh looking at the numbers I was like wow okay
0: Yeah, it's a lot of backers, too, for that uh, level of project. Yeah. All right, then the next round I picked Phoenix Dawn Command. They were, had a pretty high goal, but it was a pretty big game. They were looking for 38,500. They succeeded getting 175% of their goal for 67,284, and they had a good 1,117 backers.
1: And, uh, against that, I put up Cuisine a la Card, uh, the deck building cooking game, <laughs> which just sounds so strange <laughs> in my head. Yeah. It is. <laughs> they finished with 157%. They were looking for a total of just uh, around twenty three thousand five hundred. What they were looking for were about fifteen thousand, uh, and they had four hundred eighty four backers. So good job, but not yep. quite matching up to you.
0: Nope, not quite.
1: <laughs> um, and then uh, sadly, one of my picks that did not fund was Hard Day's Night, a card slash dice game. It looked like a pretty good game, but they just did not. Did not get anywhere yeah. close. They finished with 39%. 169 backers, which isn't a bad number, but only 6,600 out of the 17,000 that they were looking for.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Hopefully though, they'll learn from this campaign and relaunch. Yeah. Alright, and then against that, I matched Hoplomachus Origins, which ended successfully with 158% of what they were looking for. They were looking for 26,000, because it's a big, needy game, and they got 41,166 with a nice three hundred and thirty three backers. So that's gonna wrap up quite a bit. So overall on those ones that scored I got the majority of the points.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: <laughs> so in the end I'm at sixteen versus Jacobs ten, which is not a huge margin, but we'll see how it goes. We've still got quite a bit of the season. Yeah, it's to only go. a
1: couple games that I need to to get. And completely yeah. beat you in. And hopefully when the series finishes, that'll give me at least one point. So yeah, that's something, I guess. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is. We still got a lot of time. Okay, so we will start with the new picks for today, and I will of course start with my franchise pick of what is a sure bet, and that, at least I'm pretty sure, and that is Defenders of the Last Stand.
1: Yeah, I was looking at that. Didn't end up going with it, but, uh, it was, it was close. It Ah. was like five and a half, I think.
0: Well, like I said, it's a sure bet. I mean, it's designed by Richard Lanius, which is a very popular designer. I'm very interested in this, except the theme. I'm just still not a huge fan of post-apocalyptic survival style, but the game looks fantastic. It's a nice one-to-five-player cooperative game, so everybody's working together to survive this horrible world that, you know, has fallen apart. It says two to three hours, but... Knowing Richard Lionius's designs, it's probably going to take at least two or three more hours than that. I mean, I mean, I guess if you get really good at the game, it can, you can probably play it in two to three hours. But looking at the page, there's lots of miniatures, there's lots of cards. It's it's a packed game, and if it's designed well, which I I hate to say, I assume so, but his previous games are well designed. Like I said, this just looks like a sure bet. They've got some really good stretch goals to add more to the game. Uh, They got custom dice, which look really, well, the mock-ups look really nice. Um, So if they can pull through with this, I think it's going to be really good. They're looking for 50,000, which is normally a big, a large amount, but not for a miniature game. That's actually kind of a low, well, I guess that's kind of middle average for a miniature game. They're currently at $44,104, so that puts them at 88% funded. They have 478 backers. They launched on the 14th, which is just a few days before recording today, and it goes till June 8th.
1: Okay, so now I have to pair up one against your franchise pick, huh? (laughs) Well... Good luck. I... (laughs) This probably may not be the best choice, but purely because of theme, I am going to pick another post-apocalyptic cooperative game that's currently on Kickstarter. It's called Salvation Road. It is by Van Ryder Games. Uh, It was launched on the 11th of May, and it will go until the 11th of June. They currently have 291 backers. Um, They're asking for $35,000, and they have uh right around fourteen thousand. It's forty nine dollars for one, but they they have some really good deals on if you get more than one game, because the shipping ends up being the same. So uh that's what I'm looking for to get one over here in Germany because the shipping's twenty five bucks which isn't bad. But if I can get three games and split that with three people, you know that knocks $17 off the the pledge right there just from that. But anyway, that's enough about me. Let's talk about the game. So Salvation Road is a cooperative game set in a post-apocalyptic world where you're a hero and you have survivors as well. And it's kind of neat because the heroes have positive abilities. And then the survivors are kind of uh, their tag-alongs. So they have some... They can still do some good for you, but their abilities are typically not very good. Like there's one of them who's called The Coward, and his ability is that if there's anyone else in the same area as him, he can't get wounded, so you're having everyone else take wounds instead of him. But the goal of the game is to get to Salvation Road, and you are traveling into different areas, and each area has its own challenges that you need to to accomplish uh, in, the, in the specific area locations within that area you can pick up different items to help you achieve the uh, objectives it looks like a really cool game it says it plays one to four players but it also says it's playable by up to eight with a variant i have no idea how that's going to work but i'm curious to see how that will work
0: I haven't looked into the, uh, to how that variant worked, but my guess, because I think that's a really neat concept of having a, uh, hero and yeah. a heel, so to speak. It could be that you play in teams and that one person controls the heel and one person yeah, it could controls be. the hero.
1: I know the designer who I'm blanking on his name currently. I just know his name on, <laughs> on Twitter.
0: Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> I, yeah, I follow him too. And I, a- 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 J- AJ
1: Porfirio own- is the Por- uh, owner of Vanrider Games. But oh, then it's that's
0: right. Um,
1: design, I, I'll find it. But anyway, he's hosting a play-by-forum on BoardGameGeek. So oh. if people are interested, they can go on and find that out. Um, I'm going to be one of the people playing in it. So I'm looking forward to, to really checking it out so I can understand exactly why the game is as cool as uh, Ricky Royal says it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. I think it says lead designer is Michael Kelly?
1: Yes. There's Peter, oh, and I'm going to butcher this name, Gooses? Gaussis?
0: That's how, oh, I'm terrible with names too, but that's how I would try.
1: And then Michael Kelly. Looks like they're the co-designers on it. And the artwork is also really cool.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good one. I mean, two post-apocalyptic games going head to head. And personally, I hope they both fund and do really well, because I think they're each going to reach a different audience because they're yep. unique. The theme, yeah, is the same, but the gameplay mechanisms and what you're trying to do are are feel like they're different.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems like the Defenders of the Last Stand is more and I don't like the term, but are thematic. We'll just go with thematic. Um okay. the American style. Dice chucking and everything. And then Salvation Road seems to be a little bit more of the, the Euro style where it's Yeah. You're still, yeah, you're still rolling dice and things, but it's not as dependent on those for success. Yes.
0: All right, next round is yours.
1: All right, so my franchise pick. Yep. And I'm probably going to say this game wrong. Uh, Samara? Samara? Ah. Uh, Samara?
0: <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce it, but I picked it too, so you get the points for this one.
1: Oh, uh, that makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and talk about it?
1: So uh, we'll just call it Samara, even though I'm probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> It is being called a worker time track board game. Um, it's being done by Cavalli, is how I would assume is it's pronounced, out of the Netherlands. But it's really kind of neat. They have um, buildings and locations that you can buy set up on the board. And then below the board are where your workers are. And it has every month of the year on these two uh, separate boards. So you can move one or multiple of your characters further into the year to get one of the buildings. If you just move one, then you can only get the building or the location or the ability, whatever it is, on the lowest track. If you have two on that month, you can do the second, then up to four. And they say that it's the only game that has, well, maybe not the only game, but it simulates time realistically. So the more advanced buildings will take you longer to build, which makes sense. So you have to invest more time with that worker to go all the way and get that highest time cost building. Uh, So it just, it seems like a really neat idea for a game. And I don't know, I just, when I watched it, I was like, man, that seems really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you on that.
1: Yeah, they're saying it's easy to learn, which it looks like, but it's hard to master, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, And then let me see, what does it play? I think it's one to four Not one to four, two to four, I mean, yeah. My brain just wants it to be one at all times, apparently. Uh,
0: I'm not sure. Well, you could always try to figure out an AI, but yeah.
1: (laughs) No, no, I couldn't. Someone else could.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I agree with you. This just looks really cool. I mean, there are other games that utilize time. Uh, Village comes to mind, Sulkin. Yep. That's about it that comes to mind.
1: There's also Ground Floor, which is a, a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: But I have to say, this one is definitely a different way to track mm-hmm. time, and I really like it, because the way they explain it, it really does feel like a more realistic simulation of time.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I should probably give all the details of the game, since oh, I yeah. apparently forgot how we do this thing. <laughs> it's um, okay. <laughs> so it launched on the 11th of May, and is finishing on the 10th of June. There are currently 132 backers. It's looking for 8,000 euros, which right now, compared to the dollars, is probably like 8,100 dollars. I don't know. It's, it's the a, exchange rate's fantastic.
0: It shows up on my screen as dollars, which is cool. Huh. It's 8,966
1: dollars as their. Goal. Oh wow! All right, so right around 9,000 dollars, and they have red right round. 5,750 euros, so I guess that would be close to like $6,400. Yeah. And again, this is another one that's doing great things for group buys, because it's 26 for one. It's not. I guess it's not a great thing, because if you get a 10-pack, it's 2150 But still, I mean, I think you're also saving on shipping at that point, too.
0: Yeah, because the one thing that's stopping me from pledging right now is, if I saw it correctly, for me to get one copy is $40 in shipping. Seriously. Yeah, so I totally understand. I mean, now we're starting to see an equalization on Kickstarter now that Germany, I mean, people in Germany can do projects and they're starting to expand more across Europe. There's going to be more of this where shipping to the U.S. is you know, really expensive, but it's been that way for the U.S.-based games shipping to Europe. So this is definitely one where I think it's going to start the trend of having to do U.S. group buys because I'd love to get this game but there's no way I'm paying $29 for the game and $40 in shipping.
1: It actually shouldn't be that. Down below it says shipping to the US is only 10 euros. So that should be 12 bucks.
0: Okay, the only reason I say 40 is someone posted on the comment section that Kickstarter is charging $40. So there might be something wrong in their settings.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to play with it right now and Again, because it's only $4 shipping for me, which, yeah, that doesn't happen. So by that alone, I get a little giddy. It says 10 euros to US.
0: Okay, unless, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I mixed up up the projects. There was one project. (laughs) Darn it. There was one project. See, I was looking at all the new Germany ones. So there was one project that started where the game wasn't that expensive, but the shipping was bad. So this one, you're Mm -hmm. right. Shipping is not bad for 10 euros. So I'm still on the fence on this one. So I'm watching it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in. If I can get a group by, it'll make it a little bit cheaper. I'll do that. Oh, mm-hmm. they actually have a, um, Oh, no, this isn't the one that's doing this. And uh, see, now I'm getting confused with another project. So there we go. So Samara, Samara, uh, Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated. I don't know what this game is called, apparently, but it looks great. And I definitely encourage everybody to go check it out because it it thematically makes Mm -hmm. sense.
0: Yes. It's all and about building that. and it's about the time it takes to make do to make those buildings. Yeah. So yeah.
1: You send one guy out to do a building that'll take a month. You can't have him work on something else until he's done with that one. So it's yep. great. I love yep. it.
0: I love it too. All right. Let's get to the next round. My choice. I'm going to go with one that I know is going to fund and I don't <laughs> know how I feel about it, but okay. it's interesting and it's called Wombat Rescue. <laughs> did you
1: I did pick that one okay. as well.
0: So it's a wash. Okay, I'm just going to jump right into this. Their tagline is, unlike any game seen, played, or smelt before, because it's about a mama wombat trying to get her poop together and rescue her baby wombats before the dingo does his damage. Yeah, think about that for a moment. I don't know what to, actually, I don't know what to think about this game. It's created by Matt Wolf, which is another one of the designers I follow on Twitter. I've kind of been hearing stuff off and on. I like, I remember sometime last year, he's like, I'm making a game about wombat and poop. And I just was like, Oh, that's different. <laughs> sure. I didn't keep up on any of the design though, but the first line here under the main image of the Kickstarter is, Did you know that wombats poop cubes? It's true. And I'm like, this is just so bizarre like so out there i mean not only is the art i don't know how to describe the art the best thing i can describe is it's like looks like paper mache yeah i know it's drawn it looks like it could be paper mache with like claymation animation like if they animated it
1: yeah yeah it looks awesome
0: it does it looks awesome and i'm completely confused by the theme of the game other than it's so different so evidently your the, the wombats poop Acts as smell markers so that they can navigate their environment, and because it's cube shaped, it won't roll away or be moved. And so you have to eat and then poop and then move around the board to try to find your four baby wombats. Yeah, that's yeah, I, that's the game. I
1: just watched uh, Rado's video on it.
0: Ah, I need to watch that.
1: And it definitely it's not a heavy game. It's not even a medium game. Um, I would yeah. say it's a good light. Family game, sure. I mean, as long Mm -hmm. as you're okay with the poop idea, I think it's hilarious. And the player board, player boards being the (laughs) insides of the wombat and the food travels through it, I I think is awesome.
0: (laughs) I have to agree. It, it, it it weirds me out a a little bit, but it is awesome. And I love those little wombat meeples. I mean, I just, I love shaped meeples and those are just cute. Yep. Okay. So now that we've talked at least about the theme and, and kind of what you're doing, let's talk about the project. They're looking for 10,000 and they're currently at 6,883. I mean, they just, uh, launched yet, was it yesterday? Um,
1: something around there. They just
0: launched, yeah. So they launched May 15th and they're going to June 15th. So plenty of time. They're currently at 163 backers. So with their, Current funding goal. They're sixty five percent funded, but I'm sure it's going to get there. And the game is very re- well reasonable for yeah, what I think it is for what it is. It's thirty nine dollars. That's for shipping in the U S. The international is not
1: store. actually bad.
0: It's an extra ten. I think, I think it's for
1: shipping? twelve to Germany. Okay. Uh, Seventeen. I think I saw to Denmark. Don't ask why. Those. I mean, Germany. Okay, <laughs> but Denmark. It doesn't make sense that I know this, but I do.
0: <laughs> so. The shipping cost is not that much more considering. Um, I mean, it looks like a pretty um, medium-sized game. I mean, you've got a lot of tiles, you've got the cards, mm-hmm. you've got the cubes and the meeples. So you're getting a medium-sized game. Uh, so that's a pretty good shipping. And they kept it real simple for pledge levels. It's a dollar pledge, then the U.S. pledge, and then the international pledge. So very simple there on what you're... You're choosing,
1: yeah, and I almost didn't pick this one. I'm having a little issue with Eagle Games. I like a lot of their games, but the last one they had up was a twenty-dollar game, and shipping to Germany was twenty-nine. Ooh, and then this one is thirty-nine-dollar game, and shipping is twelve or something around there.
0: I can only hope that they've established some sort of better shipping.
1: But the other one Uh, ended literally like last week.
0: Okay, that's weird. I don't know about that. And so.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I didn't back the other one. I want that game, mm-hmm. but I didn't back it because of the charge. So Sh- this one, yeah. I'm just saying, look, yeah. if you do a good price for shipping, people will back. And I know it's not a ton in the international scene as much as it is in the U S for on Kickstarter, but, uh, it's growing. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a cute game and I think they did a good job with the pricing. Yep. And I think it would be really good if I had a family or, or if I played mm-hmm. with younger kids a lot, I don't. So I'm kind of on the fence on this one. If I'll back it or not?
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, Now I believe it is your choice.
1: Yeah. So my the next one I'm choosing is called Automania. Hmm.
0: I didn't pick that one.
1: Probably because it's still in the new category. I think it has over 20 days left, but it launched uh, a while ago. Um, trying to. Uh. It launched on the 30th of April.
0: Okay, yeah, but, I probably didn't go back far enough. Yeah,
1: but it has 21 days, and that's our cutoff. So <laughs> I was like, yes. Yep, it, it works. <laughs> so it launched on April 30th, uh, finished on June 6th, and there are 140 current backers. Now, this is, I believe, oh, I probably should double-check this before I say it, but I'm pretty sure it's in Denmark that this is coming from. Though I couldn't tell you. It's using Kroners, which I believe is a Danish thing. I think so. So anyway, it's coming from somewhere that has KR at the beginning. Pretty sure it's kroners, um, in Dane. I think so, yeah. Denmark. So the amount that it needs is 70,000 kroners, which I'm sure is kind of, if it doesn't adjust like yours does, um, we'll throw people off, but it's $9,000.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty low goal. Yeah.
1: And it's right now at 64,100. Kroners. I'm probably saying that wrong. But that's like $8,250. So it's... Yeah, my
0: screen says 8373 So yeah, it's about that. Yeah,
1: it's gone up.
0: Oh, uh.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's... um. I'm going to feel like an idiot if it's not actually from those places. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> so anyway, it is from the designer of Escape. So it's got a good pedigree. I've never actually played that game, but... It looks like it's a blast, but it's uh, real-time, so my brain really probably wouldn't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not either, but this looks interesting. Yeah, so
1: this is basically a mix between Kanban, <laughs> kind of, and, um, <laughs> yes. and Targi. And that sounds like two games that really just don't mix, but Kanban is more of the theme. You're building cars, and you're selling cars. So you, you have that theme and the cars can get uh, different upgrades. You can hire employees that will help you make certain parts of the cars better. You can attach like spoilers and those kind of things to uh, basically just outfit your car and make them even uh, more prestigious. And then you are selling them in the North American or the European market and each round what the North American and European market want on their cars change. And if you match what they want, you are increasing the prestige of your car, which means you are achieving some goals that you have, the secret goals. So you might have a goal of selling like a 13-star SUV. And so if you can get an SUV, let's say it wants it to be have good um, handling and speed um, and chrome, Let's say that's what Europe wants. And so you're going to get stars because it has all three of those. And based on your employees, you might get extra stars or you can put down just it's more prestigious if it goes through this specific conveyor belt. So you will buy these additions and put them on your conveyor belts into your player board. So each car that you make goes through a different path, but each path has um, overlaps with other paths. So when you make your sedan, you're going to get some overlap with the SUV and the sports car. And when you make the, yeah, they all have an overlap somewhere, um, but the sports car overlaps. Yep, nope, they all overlap twice. That's what it is. So then you go and you sell them and you are trying to obviously make the most points. Um, The reason I say it's a mix between Kanban and Targi (laughs) is when you're placing your your workers out onto the, the board to claim the different tiles to put into your, um, into your factory. When you put one in a certain column, you take a tile from that column and then no one else can put it there unless they put more workers in that column. And then you can do a, a row as well. So it kind of works like Targi where you are targeting specific things and you're putting your your workers out there. But they've obviously changed it um, slightly as well. But it looks like a fun game. And for the price of uh, $48, or if you happen to be in Europe and are going to Essen, which I am, it's $41.
0: There you go. That looks really cool. I totally missed that one because, again, I didn't go far enough back because I totally forget about the 20, 20 days left because there's a few, very few projects that go for that long a period. Yeah,
1: and I'm kind of surprised this has gone for that long, but I think it's mostly because if it doesn't automatically change like it does for you, because it it doesn't on my computer, I don't know why, Hmm. then seeing that $70,000 does not matter what <laughs> currency yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a big number. It throws people off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why it does an automatic change to US dollars for me. I can look a little icon that shows what the original was, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I've got to put something up against that. I'm going to go with Food Town Throwdown.
1: Good call. I I
0: think. Did you look
1: at that one? I looked at it, but it's not on my list, and I don't know why I didn't click on it.
0: Well, then, lucky for me, because then I would have had to move it to the last one. (laughs) Because it's okay. Food Town Throwdown, it's a game of humor and food trucks, which is an interesting blend because you wouldn't think food trucks are funny, except that it really plays upon, it takes the unusual food that a lot of food trucks are trying to go for that novelty, and it just makes it extreme. For example, one of the ingredients that you could possibly put in is jelly beans, and it counts as a bean. So if you're making a baby burrito which requires meat, veggies, cheese, and beans, you can put jelly beans in it, and it is a valid play. So you can make some really crazy meals. Um, They have, like, grilled cheese sandwich on banana bread. Sure, because banana bread is bread. You just need bread for a sandwich, right? (laughs) I find that really funny. Or you can make a duck meat hot dog with purple potato fries. Sure, let's see how that goes. And so it's not just making recipes. Um, it is a bit more of a kind of a take that kind of game because you are trying to establish your territory, publicize your truck, but then you can also sabotage other people's, uh, trucks. And I'm assuming there's ways to sabotage the recipes. So it, it looks, it just looks like a lot of fun. It does look like it's a new. Well, okay. The company Argyle Games has created a couple before, so but it looks kind of like they their new. Oh, I see. They tried it once before, so I'm hoping they've learned from the previous ones. This is their relaunch. It's a fantastic price, nineteen dollars for the U S. And then, hmm, there's twenty five dollars for the deluxe version, which well, it says free. Oh, free shipping in the U S. So we'll ship anywhere. Let's see if they posted the does not look like they posted the, uh, shipping costs for international, but hopefully it's not too much. It looks like a pretty small card game. Uh, especially since they're only looking for 5,800 and they're, uh, 2,492 which puts them almost half, 43%. Um, but it just started on uh, May 12th is when it launched. And it goes to June 12th, so they've got a lot of time to get there. And I think that it's just going to be a really fun, cute, not cute, but light card game to play.
1: Yeah, it sounds pretty neat. And I don't know, the idea of putting the jelly beans in instead is, (laughs) it's funny. As long as people are playing it like that, you know? I mean, obviously you have to realize that the dish is absolutely and utterly ridiculous, but mm-hmm. it qualifies. So it's hilarious ah. that it technically works.
0: Yes. Yeah. Technically. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, and because I'm I'm like that and I can't stand being wrong on podcasts because I get upset with other podcasts that are wrong. Okay. <laughs> I found out that it's Automania is through a port A porta games, which is out of Norway and it's the oh. Norwegian crone. Which oh. apparently like Swedish, there's a Swedish crone, there's a Danish crone. So this one happens to be the Norwegian crone.
0: So if you were partially right in that it was a crone. It's just the wrong one.
1: Wrong country. It's kind of like, <laughs> um, the dollar. I mean, there's the Australian yes. dollar, there's a Canadian dollar, there's a US dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay.
0: <laughs> so for the last round, what did you pick?
1: This one is, uh, it was a little bit more of a risky pick, but because of where it's at and uh, the name of it, which will probably throw other people off. I, I just wanted to help them out. The game is called Helden Talfe.
0: Well, I chose it too. Okay. So this round is going to be a wash, but I, I, I'm with you on a lot of the points about it. But go ahead and then I'll, I'll add.
1: Okay. So Helden Talfe um, was launched on the 15th of May. So yesterday as we're recording this and it has until the 15th of June. Currently has 187 backers, and they're asking for 35000 which is a decent amount. And they currently have just shy of 10000 The price of the game is pretty reasonable. Uh, there's still some early birds as we're recording this for $29, but even if you don't catch that, it's $34. I didn't check shipping.
0: Yeah, I think this was the one where I saw in the comments that it is $40 for the U.S. Ah,
1: is it? So that's going to definitely hurt oh, this. I'm glad you picked it as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's really one of those things that it looks fantastic. The yeah. art is beautiful. It's one of those kind of light well, light, medium type games. Uh, adventure games. And, and I'll let you talk more about it. It's just the shipping is just really killing it for me. Because they say $15 for shipping, but the Kickstarter when you go through it adds $40. So they're not sure. It looks like they're trying to recalculate it, but I'm not sure if Hopefully they'll make the
1: change. Yeah, that seems kind of strange. So it's coming out of a game company, which I had no idea there were any games company in Switzerland. And the title held in Talfe is uh, Heroes Baptism. That's what that actually means. So you are playing Heroes. Uh, That's kind of why I I chose it, because I I liked the name.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do too. (laughs) So you are – it's definitely a family game. Rules come in English, German, French, and Spanish, which is huge. Uh, If they can get that shipping down Uh, to the U.S., that will help out big time. Uh, Two to four players, 60 to 90 minutes. um, And you are basically doing a game similar to video games like – why the heck can't I remember what the heck it's called – Final oh, Fantasy, yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. where you are collecting weapons, you're collecting gear, and then you can upgrade those, that gear and those weapons, um, to be better for you as you're going on your quest and fighting animals. And it's not a dungeon crawl, um, but it's kind of a dungeon crawl <laughs> where you start off on top in these, in this world and you're discovering it as you, as you walk. Um, and each little tile is big enough for the, the one character. So you're discovering different areas and then you're finding portals, which will take you to the nether world, which has a lot of treasure, but there's a lot of monsters and traps. So this kind of reminds me, um, of Mice and Mystics, but it doesn't yeah. have miniatures instead. Right now it's, uh, looks like cardboard standees, which I don't have a problem with.
0: I don't either, and I think they did a really good, at least from what I see of the pictures, they look really good for the the cardboard standees, so I personally don't have a
1: problem with I don't either, and they have color all the way to the edge on them, which I think is huge, mm. because then it doesn't look as much like it's a cardboard standee. Right. And one of the things that I love about the project is right now there's an online playable version um, that oh, you cool. can go on. It's right on their Kickstarter page. They have videos and stuff too, but you can go on and play it. Which to me is huge, especially if the shipping does stay at forty. I mean, still only sixty-nine or seventy-four dollars to get it, which isn't a huge amount for a game. That's true. But then you can go and you can play it, and if you like it, then you know it's worth that money, which I think is is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, they've done a great job in the art. The box has a really nice insert in it where. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. Like, I wish every game came with this kind of an insert.
0: Yeah, it's actually a functional insert where they've planned spaces for everything. It looks really nice.
1: Yeah, and uh, even if I don't end up backing this for myself, if they are at Essen, I will make sure to go uh, check this game out.
0: All right, so yeah, that looks like a good one. So that's all our picks. Did you have any shout-outs?
1: I have three today.
0: Okay, well, why don't, I've got two, so why don't I start with one of mine... Or wait, no, you've got three, I've got two. You start and then I'll go and we'll go okay. back.
1: Okay. Well, the first one, um, is just a small little game called Ninja Bowling. It's five bucks free shipping to get one of the, the versions. And it's basically you set up six pins, you and your opponent, and then you have three ninja stars and you're throwing it to see who can get the most of those pins covered so you throw one you remove those pins because they were being touched by the ninja star then you throw another one and so on and whoever gets the most gets a spare then if you win two rounds you get a strike while that technically is not how bowling works who the crap cares because you're throwing ninja stars (laughs) at bowling pins and he has a ridiculous amount of versions on there and different prices obviously but they're colored ones that have different rules there's mini ones he has a lot on there so if it sounds cool check it out
0: That's really neat. I actually have an Indiegogo project.
1: I'm sorry that that site exists.
0: Yeah, it does. (laughs) Honestly, the only reason I'm looking at it is because I came across a picture of solid metal meeples. And I, I, yeah, solid metal meeples. Uh, so the project is actually called Vanguard meeples and I'm just, I, I'm a sucker for pieces. I, I don't actually end up backing as many as I would like, which is probably a good thing because then I'd spend more money on accessories and actually games, but I'm really right. tempted because it's only $15 to get a sampler pack, which is one of each of the five finishes and then you can go up from there to get $20 for a set of eight of one color. And then it goes way up from there. But there are five different colored metal meeples. They are 10.5 grams each. I'm trying to find the size. There was a size. Height 0.62 inches, width 0.62 inches. So it's, it's a fat, <laughs> it's a fat little meeple. Oh, thickness, sorry. That's still pretty chunky. They've got gold, silver, black, and then these kind of aged, uh, a brassy yellow and a coppery red, which look really cool. And what I think is awesome is they've made a little hole in one of the top of one of the arms, so you can actually make accessories for these meeples Hmm. to hold. So, again, it's just I don't typically go to Indiegogo, but that was just too cute. To ignore, um, it is a fixed funding goal, so they haven't quite made it. They're at $893. They're looking for $1,000 minimum, and there are, it says, 33 days left. So they got plenty of days left yeah. to go. It's
1: actually, I just went to the site, and they're $8 away now. <laughs> oh. So they're going to fund cool. today.
0: Probably, yeah. But since it's not an actual game project, I couldn't make it a pick. Otherwise, I totally would have because, like I said, I love Meeple's. And these are just too cute, so I, I just I just know before it's over, I'm getting at least one of each. So fifteen dollars is just I mean, because you know, go to Maple Source. Some of those can be pretty expensive for just the printing. So this is just a different material.
1: Yeah, that is the. They definitely look cool. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I'll I'll back it, but uh, it definitely looks neat. Definitely. All right. So the next two of mine are along the same vein, but I will only do one of them right now. So in the past, I think it was just this week or maybe last week. I'm not sure. Kickstarter finally opened up to Germany. Mm -hmm. So now projects can be started in Germany. So several, not many, um, several games have been started up now on Kickstarter and one of them is called Carnivore Koala. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I don't even know where to begin on this, but clearly it's called (laughs) Carnivore Koala. So it isn't supposed to be taken completely serious.
0: Serious? Yeah.
1: So it's for two to six players. It's a, <laughs> the, the, the subtitle of this cracks me up. A post-eucalyptic cards and dice game <laughs> in which two to six players <laughs> use koalas to hunt for mutant animals and cook their king's favorite dishes. I don't know if I could say anything else beyond that. <laughs> but then they do say more. The, the page is funny. You should really go check it out. Mm-hmm. Cause it says, um, But it's not just a game for meat eaters in which the word bear gets excessively abused to create an invasive humorous atmosphere. No, it is also a game with a misspelled title. And for our own surprise, even 100% vegan.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's a lot of humor in that. Yeah.
1: So carnivore is spelled with a K if you're searching for that. But... It's already funded. it's got twenty seven days to go, and they're over two hundred percent funded. It's twenty five euros, which isn't much with free shipping worldwide. It says I don't know much about the gameplay, but it's got art by the same artist that did Shipwrights of the Sea and the other one that I always forget the name of. yep, yeah, so that the yeah. the Miko is what he's called um and he's a very talented um artist, but he definitely went more cartoony on this one, so but it looks awesome,
0: very cool. That's just
1: hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty darn funny.
0: All right, so my last shout-out is for Cunning Folk, a witch-hunting game by Jay Treat. J. Treat, and then it's run by Jason Tagmeyer of Button Shy Games. So I follow both of them on Twitter, and this is one of those small little 13-card micro games. again, bluffing and deduction, and it's set in that... Actually, I've seen quite a few lately of this witch-hunt era theming, which I can't say is necessarily my cup of tea, but it makes for good bluffing deduction games as you're trying to figure out who's who. But what I find is interesting and what makes this different, it's not all about the witches being bad there's good witches, a good elder, there's evil witches, there's an evil elder and then there's just villagers. So you're trying to figure out who's who and if you call someone out and you're wrong you're you're okay, but if you do it twice and you're wrong then they think you're a witch. So it's definitely a different twist on it. So, of course, the reason it's a shout out is they're funded because they were only looking for 500, which is you know kind of appropriate. It's only 13 card, and I'm sure they're going for a small print run. They're at 2,749, so they definitely have made it. I'll look and see if they have any stretch goals, but it's a short campaign. There's only 13 days left. It will end May 30th. So if this is one that you're interested in, you should definitely get on it sooner rather than later. Yeah, there is a couple of stretch goals. You receive a variant card. So it's not anything that's like effect real gameplay, but it looks really cool.
1: And my last shout out is for another German project. It's by one of the bigger uh, distributors and board game companies in Germany. So I was kind of surprised to see it at first, but it's through Pegasus Spiele Mm. called The Dwarves. And it is technically for the expansion to The Dwarves, which if you look on Board Game Geek, at least when I looked originally, you won't find it under The Dwarves at all. It's (laughs) Dietzwerge, which is spelled Die, And that's for The Dwarves. That's translated in German. And it's based on a bunch of... There are four novels that... A German guy wrote, uh, Marcus Heitz. And so you it's a cooperative game where you're fighting against the elves, the trolls, uh, the dark elves, the trolls, and the orcs, or the orcs and the ogres, or I don't know, three fantasy races. And you're working together, and you're a group of dwarves, which apparently in Germany, they love dwarves. I didn't know this, <laughs> but they're big fans. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah, I know there's a kids series called The Seven Dwarves. So uh, yeah, hmm. I had no idea, hmm. but it's a neat game where you can kind of plan ahead because unlike Pandemic and those type of games, the card flips are are random. So you never know like what city's going to be infected next. Mm-hmm. Well, in this game, you have this track where each turn you know where new bad guys are going to spawn, what you don't know is how many of them are going to spawn. And if that will then require that will force them to spread even further. Uh, Because if there's more than so many bad guys in one area, then you have to destroy land and they keep spreading. But you can tell generally where they're coming. And then you're completing quests and little side quests that will give you certain things. Uh, Just seems like a, a really cool game. And so it's technically for the expansion. That they're publishing it, but it's also for the first time to be in English. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and it used to be just little black, purple, and green uh, cubes representing the bad guys. But now they have these new wooden meeples that um, oh, cool. look like, well, and a dark elf, an ogre, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Aelfar, Elfar, trolls, and orcs. Apparently, Aelfar is the names of dark elves. I don't know. But I just had a shout out to my, my, yeah. German, <laughs> my German projects.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. And I'm really excited that there's uh, German projects now. And I don't know how many European countries that makes now, but I just can only hope that they keep expanding so that it can truly be a worldwide market. And then that hopefully can only help promote better shipping cooperatives to reduce the shipping costs. You know, for everybody. Yeah.
1: And if you need, if you pledge in this campaign, I think the prices are pretty, uh, decent. I don't know how much it costs to ship, but it's 59 euros for the base game and the expansion and any stretch goals. And it's available in English or German. Oh,
0: that's cool. So
1: I'm not sure what the shipping is because I've already pledged for this one. So (laughs) I can't change it. (laughs) And I don't really want to because. It it seems like a good intro to co-op because you're not having to deal with the random, random flips. Right. And that can really mess up the other, like for new people. So, okay. U.S. or Canada is 15 euros for shipping.
0: Oh, that's not Not bad. Not at all.
1: See, that's what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this time. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed, and I hope we've highlighted some campaigns that might you might find interesting, so you can go out there, check them, and back them and help them succeed. Until next time, go out and pick a winner.
1: Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you
0: enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find The Game Huntress, Wherever there's XP or achievements, the Game Huntress blog will always be on the hunt. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.